0: not pure, not uh, uh, living a decent life. And so he did, he follows the Lord's commandment, he follows it, and he takes her, she bears him three children, and he gives, God says to name them names that uh, one is the Jezreel which is basically uh, going to be a, uh, representing a battle of Armageddon in the end times. Uh, The other one was Ami and Yohama. We're going to read about them here in chapter 2 as we get into this. But we always have to keep back in our minds, you know, why would God call a pure, clean, uh, God-fearing prophet to get into a lifestyle or or marriage of that sort? And we're going to find out. And we, we started on that last week. Not last week, week before... And we see that Hosea represents God. And Gomer, his wife that he had take, represents the, the nation of Israel. And as we get into chapter 2, we're going to see a lot that God's going to do to this, uh, this nation. I'm going to read down to verse 13, and then we'll continue on. We're going to try to get through to chapter 3. Chapter 3 isn't but five verses long. But he says, Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, and to your sisters, Rahama, plead with your mother. Plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her wardoms out of her sight, and her adulteries from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked, and set her as in the day that she was born, and make her as a wilderness, and a dry, and set her like a dry land, and slay her with thirst. And I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be the children of Wardom. For their mother hath played the harlot. She that conceived them hath done shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and my water, my wool, my flax, mine oil, and my drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find Past. And she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them, and she shall seek them, but she shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband. For then was it better with me than now. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil, and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Therefore will I return and take away my corn. In the time thereof, my wine in the season thereof, and will recover my wool, my flax, given to cover her nakedness. And now will I discover, <coughs> excuse me, her lewdness and the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her out of mine hand. I will also cause her all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her sabbaths, and all her solemn feast, and I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, whereof she has said, These are my rewards that my lovers have given me. And I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. And I will visit upon her the days of Balaam, whereon she burned incense to them, and she decked herself with her earrings, her jewels, and she went after her lovers, and forget, saith the Lord. We have here a picture of Gomer, uh, apparently had gone off and, had taken another husband instead of uh, Hosea. And it says here, Hosea asked the children, Ami and Ruamah, to go and to plead with her, their mother, to plead with Israel. God is asking the people of Israel, those who <coughs> still believe in him, to go and to beg Israel to come back to him. In this first part, we see that he is, he is showing his... Uh, uh, anger with them or his wrath with Israel. He uh, is going to uh, uh, explain to her that we're representing Israel. She has uh, gone to her lovers and that is a way of saying that Israel had gone to all the different other nations and had decided to follow their ways and to become uh, part of them and, and take upon herself those idols and those uh, pagan uh, rituals. Uh, the feast that they had. She had fallen into uh, their way of life and worshiping Baal and all the idols and, and former gods that they had. And so God says here, he says, he says He will take away all that she has. He will strip Israel naked. He will take everything that Israel has and will take it away from them. He said, I will strip her naked as the day of she was born. I will make her as a wilderness. I will make her as a dry land. God says, I will create or make Israel to be exposed to the other nations. They will see her for what she really is. They will see that the only reason she's uh, coming along with these other nations uh, is that she wants what they have. They've turned their back on God. They've they've decided that uh, uh, God wasn't good enough. God wasn't doing what they wanted. So they decided to go to the other nations. And as Gomer being represented, that nation of Israel, the, the, she, he pleads with the children of the people of Israel, uh, those who still believe, to go after her and say, please, come back, come, come back to God. And God says here, <coughs> he will have no mercy upon her, not even on the children. God is going to take His wrath and put it upon the nation of Israel, and they're going to be destitute. We're going to see here as as Homer it shows represents Homer uh, representing Israel. She goes off and she she marries another man. Israel went off and decided to hang out with uh, these other nations and and take them as her husband, and take them as their her country uh, her lovers, as he says here the way he explains it. God says she has played the whoredom. She has played the harlot. She has conceived shamefully. She has, she thinks that all the bread and the water and the wool and the wine and the figs and everything that she has, she thinks she got them. Israel believes that they are, they have gone out and they have prospered themselves. But they don't realize God did that. God gave them that. God had mercy on them for a while. But through uh, Hosea's prophecy here, he's telling her uh, that he will put a hedge about her. He will block those lovers from her being able to get to them anymore. It's like like we're going to, let's take the southern border. (laughs) Let's get political here. Let's take the southern border. Why are we putting up a wall at the southern border? To keep out the evil, right? Well, th- I'm not saying the people were evil down there, but when you start letting uh, people in without checking to see who they are, to check and see if they have diseases or not, to check and to see if, if they are who they say they are. You know, they, they, they allowed that to come in, but if we were to walk up to the Capitol building, what's the first thing they're going to ask us for? ID. They want to see that we are U.S. citizens if we want to get into some event up there. But what he's going to do, God says, I'm going to put a hedge about her. She's not going to be able to get to her lovers. She's not going to be able to to go and and prostitute herself with these other nations. No more. He's going to stop it. He's going to put a hedge about it. He says, I will put a wall up that she won't be able to go over. She won't even be able to see them, let alone go to them. He's going to make her destitute. He's going to make the the nation of Israel destitute. She shall follow after her lovers, but she will not take take over them. She will not overtake them. She will not be able to get to them. She shall seek them, but she shall not find them, he says. He says, I will go and return to my first husband. She says, she's going to get to that point, Well, she's saying, you know what, I've been living with this man over here, I've been associating with all these nations, Israel thinks, and now I can't do that because God stopped me from doing that. God's put a block in my way. He said, well, she said, well, I'll I'll just go back to my first husband. She's talking about Hosea. So uh, they decide to, Israel decides, okay, well, we're going to get to that point where we're not going to have anything, what are we going to do? We're going to have to go back to God. But God says here, he says, I'm going to take all this away from her. She's going to say, well, I need to go back to my husband, for there was it better for me than now. Well, what was the problem? She didn't go back to him. She got to a point, we're going to see here in a minute, she got to a point where she was so destitute that she gave herself out for slavery. It says, she did not know that I, talking about God says, I gave her her corn, her wine, her oil, her multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. For the stuff that God gave them, they turned around and took it and gave it to the pagan nations. They gave it to the pagan gods. They gave it to the idols. When I read this, I think about the uh, uh, Acts where Paul is going through Athens and he sees all the, the temples they have and, and all the statues all these different idols and gods they have. And they have the one with has the plaque over it, he says that says, To the Unknown God. See, they were covering their bases. They wanted to make sure that if there is a sun god, I'm going to worship him. If there is a water god, an air god, and, and, and a, 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 a prosperous god, and all these other gods they have, well, there's got to be one that I don't know about, so I'm going to put an idol up for him, whoever he may be. And it's like she was. She was She was going to all these nations. Israel was taking on and, and associating with all these pagan nations. She started worshipping Baal. She started worshipping the gods of these nations. And God says, I'm going to take all that away from her. She doesn't realize that I'm the one who gave it to her. You see, realize that Everything that we have, <clears throat> now this, this is dealing with the country of nation of Israel, but we can put this into our own lives. Everything that we have, whether it be cars, homes, family, money, whatever it is, it all comes from God. Right. We didn't get any of it. We may have thought, well, I worked all my life. I, I thought about this when I would get retired I worked, So many years, I can retire now. I'm going to retire and just live an easy life. Wrong. (laughs) Brenda's got a list that long of me a thing to do. That was longer than I had at work when I was working. (laughs) But we think that we did all this. But we didn't. God gave it. We worked hard for it. And we worked and we did the work and stuff. But if it wasn't for the strength that God gave us, we couldn't do any of it. If it wasn't for God giving us the job that we had. You know, I sometimes wonder in the 15 years we were in business, 15, 20 years I was in business, I wondered how we made it that long. Because there were times in an entire month that we didn't have any work come in, and I'm thinking, how are we going to pay for these the bills? How are we going to pay the phone bills and, and the rent and all that stuff? But you know what? God always provided me. And a lot of times we forget about that. But it is God, and He says here. He tells her. He says, "I'm going to, I'm going to put a hedge about her. I'm going to keep her from being able to go to her, her, lovers, these other nations. Therefore, I will return and take away my corn in time. He's going to take it away from her. The wine, season, the wool, the flax, everything. He's going to leave the nation of Israel wide open. They're not going to have anything. The prosperity that has been gaining, it was all for nothing." And he says, I'm going to take it away from her. And his whole purpose of doing that was to make her see that there was a reason for it. And it's the same way with us. If trouble comes into our lives, we think, ah, this is terrible, what am I going to do about it? But you ever think about, you know what, God's sovereign. God controls everything. If there is a problem in our life, if there are troubles that come into our life, it may be for a reason. Israel wandered for 40 years in the desert. One day she'd be worshiping God, the next she'd be cursing him. One day she'd be worshiping him, one day she'd be cursing him. She'd go back and forth that way. And so in the prophecy of Hosea, his, his personal life is representing God and the nation of Israel. And he says, I will take away all my flax and cover her, uncover her nakedness. He's going to open her up. He's going to expose everything that Israel is. Now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers. None shall deliver her out of mine hand. He will expose her to all these nations, and they will have nothing to do with her. The nation Israel will be cast out. They will be left alone. That I will cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbaths, and her solemn feasts. They had gotten to the point where they were worshiping Baal. They were celebrating the the feast that these pagan nations were feasting on. Uh, she was she was celebrating all their solemn feasts and their days and the new moons and all all their uh, idolatry was becoming part of Israel. God says, I'm going to expose all that. I'm going to cease it. I'm going to stop it. He says, I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, where she has said, there are my rewards that my lovers had given me, that her other nations have given her. He said, I will make them a forest, and the beast of the field shall eat it all. I will visit upon her the days of Balaam, wherein she burned incense to them. She should be decked out in her earrings. He's going to take away all that. He's going to say she's going to get all purdied up. And we have to to take this picture of Gomer. She's a woman. She she marries Hosea. She has three kids. She now goes out and is selling herself to the highest bidder to do whatever they want. She has gotten to the point where God says, you know what, I've, I've got to do something to bring her back. Israel has gotten to that point where he's going to leave her with nothing and those who have been friends and allies with her are going to see the truth in her and they're going to have nothing to do with her. It will get to a point where she will be so desolate that she will put herself upon the slave block to be sold. We'll see that when we get into this a little further. She's going to deck herself out. She's going to put all her makeup on. She's going to go out. She's going to try to get her lovers to come back to her. They're not going to do it. God says that's not going to happen. He said, therefore, verse 14, he said, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness, and speak comfortably unto her. Wait a minute. We've got to look at this. Gomer has gone out. Israel has gone out. And she has prostituted herself to all these nations. She's, she's gotten so deep in that idolatry and this pagan worshiping, and, and, and she's literally forgotten about God. And she is God's chosen people. God created them for a purpose. She now goes out. He has, he has said everything that He's going to do about her, to do uh, against her, for a reason. And he's going to start bringing her back. We get into verse 14 to 23. It says, Therefore, behold, I will lure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort unto her. Has anybody ever heard God get really mad at them and tell them that he's just going to just call down thunder on them? No. God doesn't do that. He talks softly to us. He speaks comfort to us. In his word, he may say, he may uh, uh, say, you know, I'm going to cast wrath upon the nation. But then he says, but I will talk to you comfortably about it. He said, I will give her her vineyards thence, from thence in the valley of Echar for a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the days when she shall came up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be as the day saith, and it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishai, and shall not and shalt call me no more Bali. She will come to God one day, and she will say, Okay, you're no longer my husband, or you're no longer my Lord, you're now my husband says here, God extends his mercy to us not because we deserve it, but because we need it. He will put us, as well as Israel, he did Israel, he will put us into a position where we will have no recourse but to call on him. Trouble comes into our lives. What's the first thing we think about? We think about taking care of it. What's, what's our problem? What do I need to do to do this? God says, it's got you, you can't do anything. It's got to be me. I've got to take care of it. I'm the only one that will. What happens when we try to take care of a problem? We mess it up, don't we? He said, just like in the day of Israel, that it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishai and shalt call me no more balai. For I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. God now, after condemning her and putting Israel into that destitute uh, framework, that destitute position, uh, Gomer went out and, and literally put herself on the block to the highest bidder. Israel did the same thing. And God says, now I'm going to restore her. Now, he's not going to restore her here in Isaiah. When we get to this, we're going to see this. 14.23 is referring to a restoration. A restoration of Israel, that they will come back and finally believe in the Messiah. Does anybody know when that day is going to be? Well, let's look at it. Man's miseries, even when they are deserved, are brought on by divine judgment, bring about by God's mercies. Gomer had gone out. She, she, she's no longer part of a family. She says, I'm going to go back to my husband. So we're looking at this, and we have to realize she's going to come back. She's going to be restored. nation of Israel is going to be restored, and it's not 1941 when they became a nation again. That wasn't the day. For 2,000 years, they've been living under the law. They no longer worship idols. They worship the law. They are taking the law as their their king, their messiah, until the day comes. He said, In that day I will make a covenant with them, with the beast of the field and the fowls of heaven, and with the creeping things of the ground, and I will break the bow of the sword in the battle of earth, and I will make them to lie down safely. Verse 18 Does anybody recognize some of that? It's worded different. What does God say in Revelation? He's going to take the what? The swords and turn them into what? Power shield. He's going to turn things into the stuff that we need, not we saying. he creeping things to the ground, and I will break the bow and the sword in the battle of the earth and will make them to lie down in safety. I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness and thou shalt know the Lord. And it shall come to pass in that day, that day, Anybody know what that day is? It's going to be the time of Armageddon. It's going to be after that final battle in Armageddon that Israel is going to finally see the Messiah for who he really was. And they're going to bow down. It will be the time after the tribulation when Armageddon, the battle, final battle is gone in verse 22. It says here, it says, And the earth shall hear the corn and the wine and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel. Remember what we talked about in the first chapter? Who was Jezreel? It was the valley that where the war is going to happen. So this great coming back to God is going to be right after the great tribulation. You go into Revelations and you read about the, the two witnesses that come to Israel. Who are they witnessing to? Israel. They will be, we don't know who they will be. Some say it will be Isaiah and some say Moses. Some say it will be Isaiah and somebody else. Maybe Enoch. Because they're going to die. Well, Isaiah and Enoch didn't die, did they? So it could be them. They could be the two witnesses. But we don't know for sure. But he says, I'm going to come back. They will, and that day, they will come back to God. They will no longer be uh, his servants. They will no longer call him Ishai. They will no longer call him Lord. They will call him husband. He said, I will betroth them to myself. He will take them unto himself. It will be the time of that great tribulation, and they will come back to him. For 2,000 years, and they're still waiting. Now, whether they believe that what... uh, I, Hosea says? I don't know. I haven't researched to see. But if they do believe in the Old Testament, they believe, do believe in Hosea, they know one day they're going to be to a point that they're going to be destitute. God's going to take everything away from them. What happens during tribulation? Everything. No electricity, no water. The tribulation is going to be... We're we're going to be taken out of here before that happens. But according to Scripture, it's going to be chaos. And then there's going to be a final battle between God and and the earth. and, And that's going to be Armageddon. And when that happens, Israel is going to finally see the king, the real king, on earth. And their eyes are going to be opened. They're going to realize it. He says in verse 23, And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. It's going to come down to that battle, and that battle is going to open their eyes. And they're going to see that, Christ, the true king, Jesus Christ is the true Messiah. Now, from, from 2,000 years since they rejected Christ, they've been living under the law, still waiting for that Messiah, because they think that he's going to be a physical king that's going to, by power, take over and sit down in Jerusalem and rule the world. They've seen him, but they didn't recognize him. And so he turned to the Gentiles to give his word Chapter 3, it's five five verses long. Basically, it ends, at the the end of chapter 3, it ends the view of Hosea's personal life. We'll no longer see him. We'll no longer talk about him. We will uh, see things that happen that start dealing with Israel themselves. Hosea will look at that. But in chapter 3, it says, Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. He tells Hosea, he says, go to the slave market and buy your wife back. Go to Israel and tell them God wants you back and he will pay the final price for it. You know who Hosea is looking toward? He's looking to the future. He's, he's anticipating the living Christ. got to remember, this is before Christ even came. And he's anticipating Christ coming to the earth. He's looking forward to that day that Christ came, or Jesus came. He says, go to them and tell them. Buy her back. Because she has already gone out to the other gods, uh, worshiping the other gods. She looks to them. She loves her thing and wine. She loves to get drunk and carry on. So I brought her he said I bought her he says to me for 15 pieces of silver. Now we think that's a lot of money but in their 15 pieces of silver that wouldn't buy a child slave. So she has gotten to the point Gomer has gotten to the point where she was this destitute woman on the slave block that wasn't worth the price of a child. A slave child. He said it did. Not only that, it took a, a, a thing of, a, it says here, a homer of barley, and a half homer of barley. said, I said unto her, Thou shalt abide with me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot. Thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. He put her on probation period. When you got married, did you put your wife on probation period? And say, well, if it don't work out 30 days, I'll let you go. Some people like to think they did, don't they? But that's what he was doing to Gomer. God said, go to her, buy her back, but put her on probation. You see, Israel is on a probation right now. They are in that probation period that God has set a point for them, just like here in Gomer. He said, I bought her for 15 pieces of silver, for a homer barley and a half homer barley, and I said unto her, Thou shalt abide with me many days. Those many days so far have been close to 2,000 years, a little more. Those are the few days. Thou shalt abide. He said, Thou shalt not play the harlot. Thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. God says, I will be yours if you'll be mine. But you're on a probation. Now, again, Israel doesn't worship those idols that they did here. They don't have a bunch of statues. They're not like the Roman Catholic Church, but they got a statue of Mary and a statue of Paul and Peter and John, and they worship. And I told you this once before, we went to a, a place in, I think it was Arizona or New Mexico, a little town. They had a little Catholic church that was built back in the 1800s. And you walk in, and there's all these large life-size statues of Paul and one of Mary right dead in the center, holding the baby Jesus. But over to the, to the left or to the right of it, to right over here, there was a small statue about this tall. It was only, it was only a couple feet tall. It was of Christ. That's who they worshipped. They worshipped that. But see, Israel doesn't worship those anymore. They worship the law. You have to follow the law to the T or you're not going to make it. That's their life. That's the way they think. They're still in that probation period. So I'm assuming that they have read Hosea and they've taken his his prophecy and, and they believe, okay, well, we got to follow the law. We can't be doing anything that we shouldn't be doing. He says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king. Is there a king in Israel? No. They're like us. Uh, they, they have a... a kind of like a parliament. They have a a minister who takes care of everything. He said they will be without a prince. They will be without a sacrifice. Do they sacrifice? Mm -hmm. He said they will be without an image, and without an ephod, without teraphim. They are working right now. Israel has been for the last couple hundred years. They've been working to put together to rebuild the temple, to start with the uh, sacrifices again, to start wearing the the priestly garments that they had back in the Old Testament. I I seen a thing the other day where uh, I think they said there was 120 red heifers were delivered to Jerusalem. You know what that red heifer is? You go back and read in Revelation. That red heifer is what they're going to sacrifice. That's the heifers that they will take into the temple to sacrifice, the good heifers. He says they're going to be without all of this during this period of time. It said says, Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. It will come down to that point where they will finally say, We are ready to start worshiping again. Realizing they're in a probation period, they're, they're worshiping the laws they have. We talked about that in Galatians. They're worshiping those laws they have. They're not worshiping idols, although they, they may have some things, you know, the, the picture of the Ark of the Covenant and stuff like that, but they're not worshiping the idols. But they are worshiping their laws. If you're not following the laws, an Orthodox Jew does not follow the laws he can be cast out of the temple. He can be disowned from the nation of Israel. But he said that's what's going to happen. He said right now they're on a probational period. When the day comes after the Armageddon, after Christ comes down and he takes that final battle, Israel's eyes will be opened up. I picture this as part of the church today, yeah, both in our personal lives and in the pers- uh, the, the persona of the church, how we look at our nation and we feel we're going through a heck of a time right now. You know, inflation's high. We got politicians that are committing crimes that people are closing their eyes to. We've got politicians that can't even say the word, let alone spell it, when he's making a speech. We're in a uh, position where we and, and as the scripture says we're in a famine of the word our church is closing up uh, you know the pandemic comes and all of a sudden nobody goes to church well we're back open now where's everybody at and I think that you know God has put us in that position as he did Israel he's telling us Here you are. Now, I'm going to start taking this stuff away from you. I'm going to start putting you in that same position that Israel is going to be in unless you come back to me. We have that opportunity. But it has to do for the whole nation, not just our personal. But it has to do for the whole thing. And, And we're like that, just like Israel is. We're in that position. We're going to be destitute one of these days if we don't turn back. But he says in his prophecy here, he said, this is going to be for Israel in this time. And until that day comes, the day of the Lord, and the day that battle happens, and they open their eyes and realize God is God, and Jesus is the king, the true king, they're going to continue to worship the law. And that's where they're at at this point. And they're still doing that. And Hosea, I mean, Hosea's prophecy is still going on. And he will go on to, to show about uh, the rebuke of both Israel and Judah and, and Israel seeking the Assyrians to help out again. And God's told him, I'm going to block all that, but you're still going to go back to him. We're going to see in that in the next few chapters. But we are in that same position. If we, if we look at it, we're in that position where we are getting to the point where we're getting destitute. We're having problems in this nation that we've never seen before. Now we've seen a uh, 1920s and 30s, you know, you've seen the Depression and, and people jumping out of windows because they lost all their money and stuff. I don't think we'll get to that point. I think it'll be a little different because now we have certain things that... You know, I remember back in 2000, uh, people kept asking me, say, well, what do you think about that? Are, are all the computers just going to die? and quit working, or uh, the bank's going to have to close up because everything's computerized now? I said, no, I don't think so. I said, but, you know, if you want to keep some cash on hand, that'd be a nice thing to do just in case. What happened? Nothing. Everything kept working the same as it always had. It was a fear factor. Everything just wanted to be fearful. But we're getting to that point. And God's dealing with us just as he did with Israel. He may not destroy us completely. He may not take everything we have, but he's, what is being done is something that God has sovereignty over. You know, God can put Trump right back in there if he wanted to. He's one who put Biden in there. He has control of each and everything that we do, and this nation does. And that's where we're at. We need to come back to God. We need to come back to that uh, position and calling him uh, to the point where we won't call him just our Lord, but our husband. And we, we looked in Galatians, and what did Galatians say? We now have the option to call him Abba, Father. He controls it all. Any questions? Any comments? Okay, y'all are a good group. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for uh, just helping us and, and, and guiding us to study into your word. Lord, we pray that you watch over us tonight, keep us safe. Watch over us this week, Father, as we go about our ways and our work and our duties, the things we need to do. Father, we just ask for your blessing upon each and every one here tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the mercies you've given us, the grace you've given us, salvation from Christ through his blood. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we thank you for Jesus. And in his precious name we do pray. Amen. Thank you.